Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, where your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development, where we share original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We hope you join us often for practitioner-oriented content around all things related to leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Please subscribe, leave a review, comment, share, and consider supporting the podcast on Patreon, even at the producer and sponsorship levels. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Blaine McKee and Hollis Scarborough about how to know your collaborations work. Blaine McGee and Hollis Scarborough, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Hi, thanks for having us. It is a pleasure to be with both of you today. I'm excited to have a nice conversation around collaborations and really how to know whether or not your collaborations are actually working. Now, there's a lot of different ways we could take this topic uh, and we'll explore it from a few different angles. Part of this comes from a marketing perspective. How do we know that the Uh, brand collaborations that we do in the various marketing outreach collaborations? How do we know they're actually having the impact that we want? And then of course, how do we make sure that collaborations within and between units within the organization are working? So there's internal, external, and ultimately all of this comes back to how are we going to help our teams be most successful and drive impact um, to achieve our goals and, you know, just accomplish what we want to accomplish. So uh, that's what we're going to be discussing today. As we get started, I wanted to share Blaine and Hollis's bio with everybody. Blaine McKee and Hollis Scarborough are best friends and founders of Hullabaloo Book Company. Over 25 years of friendship, they embarked upon varied and sometimes eclectic career paths leading Mm -hmm. to their most demanding job title of mom. Blaine has four kids with her now retired Navy husband in Texas and Hollis has two with her husband based in New York City. After years of sending books to each other's children, and avid readers themselves, they were frustrated that there wasn't an easy way to send a beautiful personalized book gift through the mail. In fact, uh, in the fall of 2019, they decided to put their combined skills to use and launched hullabaloobookco.com. What started as a little bookshop has now grown to include Club Hullabaloo, a popular book and activity subscription service, and Hullabaloo for Business, a corporate gifting and employee benefit division. And I'll let you talk more about Hullabaloo here in just a minute. Um, really cool stuff. And I know that you're going to be exhibiting at Sh- the Sherm Conference, uh, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else before we dive on into the conversation about collaborations uh, that you want to share by way of your background or the background and overview of Hullabaloo? Uh, and then we'll get going and dive on into the conversation. In that pretty much uh, sums it up in the in the most succinct way possible. But um 
yeah, like we said, Blaine and I were friends for a really long time and we saw a big gap in the market for a sentimental, uh, more curated personal way to send a gift. And, and really we just wanted to elevate the act of uh, sending a book gift through the mail. But what we weren't anticipating was what we launched uh, in October of 2019 and shortly thereafter the world exploded. So we were mm-hmm. forced to uh, pivot and really uh, think about- Like a lot of people. We, yeah, like like most. Um, as a small business, as you know, women with small children at home, mm-hmm. we, we looked to our demographic and said, what do they need? And we decided to launch the subscriptions a little bit faster and a little more furious than we initially anticipated. Right. It, it was huge. They were huge right off the bat. And it actually led to our first successful uh, corporate collaboration. And we knew that collaborating, we knew that a corporate leg, like a division was in the cards, but it, right. it really truly fell in our laps as a, one of the very few boons of the pandemic shut down. It was, it, we were um, shocked, but also uh, it definitely hammered home the idea that we were headed in a direction that we think people and specifically decision makers were going to uh, need. So uh, now we're what, two years in and uh, multiple successful collaborations uh, in, and we're just finding that the response and that the um the problem solving that we're sort of, we were inadvertently providing is uh, turning out to be a really successful, exciting move at a time when people are very desperate to hire and retain employees. So it's been a very exciting, crazy time. <laughs> but like but like we said, Blaine and yeah. I come from very different backgrounds. So to suddenly be working with HR decision makers, to be working with people who are saying like, what do we do to support our community um, right. has been so exciting. And uh, I think in a lot of ways, because we don't necessarily come from a dusty you know, background, we, we are the people they're trying to support. We are right. people who are Hold working on. and raising kids and uh, trying to figure out what we're going to do with them at any given time has been, you know. Well, I think a, a few a few years ago, um, I mean, there were so many companies that really weren't doing much at all for parents or families of employees or anything like that. So it's taken such a shift just the past couple of years, um, especially with these huge companies that are going, wait a minute here, we better start looking at this. I mean, with all the kids home from school during the pandemic. And what we've seen and what we keep hearing from um, the companies that we keep meeting with and talking to is, we have to do something. What we're hearing from our employees that in order to keep them, we have to do something for not only them, like health and things like that. We have to do something for their families. We have to yeah. do something that's different than um, you know what they've been seeing, and and that's kind of what we've um, been able to um, help them with. But also what we've been learning about um, from these people is okay. This is this is really kind of the direction I think that benefits are starting to shift. Um, you know, especially with collaborations with small businesses like us, which is. Yeah. And, um, been nice to hear. Yeah. So you just outlined a whole bunch of different little <laughs> subtopics I think are, yeah. are super interesting. Obviously pandemic, um, impacts on business, your scaling business, um, the, the attraction and retention of good employees, uh, mm-hmm. during this tight labor market, the great resignation mm-hmm. and such, and in really finding ways to be more supportive. So organizations need right. to find ways to be more supportive of working parents, Um, and, and, you know, I, I think disproportionately that ends up falling on women uh, in particular, Mm -hmm. right. Uh, There's been lots of studies. 
Yeah, lots of studies that have shown that women, in the aggregate, women disproportionately take on a lot of the child care, the elder care, the, the home um, tasks, and those sorts of things. Obviously, that's not a universal um, condition, but it is for a lot of women. And so you're, fi- you're trying to juggle uh, your career, you're trying to juggle taking care of everything at home and just finding ways to, to tap into that familial support piece that's going to be mm-hmm. super important to those individuals mm-hmm. uh, is going to be really important. So what you're doing sounds awesome. And uh, I'm just excited to learn more about it. And of course, the, the other piece of this that you've already alluded to is those collaborative pieces. So you start out as this mm-hmm. online book retailer, and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden you find yourself doing corporate work with um, mm-hmm. companies trying to help them figure out how to reach out to, to parents. Um, now, I know from a personal note, I, I'm a father of six children. Uh, I you have, are. you know, my That's wife awesome. and I are both my wife and I are both professors. We, you know, we both, um, have, because of that, we have probably more flexibility in our schedule than most people, you know, mm-hmm. it, being a professor is kind of a nice career that way. Um, and so, you know, we, we juggle a lot, but we've had the, the autonomy and the capacity to juggle probably more than most. And still mm-hmm. for us, it's been crazy the last couple of years. Right. Yeah. <laughs> One of the big reasons we started our own company was because there really wasn't a world where we could be present with our children and also contribute to our household and and to our own you know, to our own well-being in a way that we wanted mm-hmm. to use a different side of our brain. We felt we felt like we had something to contribute to uh, the corporate mm-hmm. world, and and so we had to make a business. <laughs> We had to make a business, um, and and uh, and yes, for the people who were lucky enough to continue to be employed, to 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 you know be contributing in their own ways, supporting them and treating their your employee as a autonomous, a fully a fully formed human, not just a robot right. that walks in and out. You know, yeah, is, uh, is it's it's such a novel concept, and yet yeah. we all we need that. We need that. So that we don't, especially nowadays, every especially time after the pandemic and everything. My dad yeah. is a professor as well, and he actually worked in HR before this. So he, and he, anyway, it's a strange, a full circle moment for me to be like <laughs> here talking to you. He's going to be thrilled. Yeah, fun, fun. Well, I'll, I'll be interested to hear what his take is on this conversation. <laughs> after it well, very good. So yeah, like you said, I, I think. Many organizations, not all, but many, probably most, took people for granted a little bit. Um, I mean, that's, I think, the, the history of, of uh, corporations and bureaucracies and, and the world of work is that companies tend to be in business, right, to make money. They tend to be in business right. to sustain themselves. Yeah. And the people are often seen as expendable. Now, that's not mm-hmm. universal. And there are companies that are really, really good about valuing their people. Um, mm-hmm. But I think pre-pandemic, um, you know, that was much more common. And nowadays, though, many organizations have found they either suffered through the pandemic, barely survived or didn't mm-hmm. survive. And, and those yeah. that thrived during the pandemic were those that showed more empathy towards their people. They showed that they valued their people. They provided support. Um, as needed, you know, for their people. And so there's just a heightened expectation among employees now. uh, And as part of what's driving the great resignation that, you know, I'm not going to stick around 
doing a job I don't like, that's not designed well, that's not meaningful and adds purpose to my life with an organization that doesn't value me. So I'm going to find things that make sense for me and for my family and my situation. And, uh, and that's why people are leaving in droves and, and either starting their own business like you did, or, you know, trying out the gig economy or just going to a new corporate job at a place where they think things will be better. Um, And that's, that's part of the challenge. And so organizations have to proactively look for ways um, to reach these people um, in ways that matter to them. And so for, you know, different people at different life stages have different salient motivators and different things that are Mm going to drive them the most. Uh, and so what I'm about to say doesn't necessarily universally apply to everybody, but for this, the framing of what we're talking about today, and particularly for working parents, uh, man, I, I don't know many working parents um, who are going to be um, as motivated by, say, a $500 bonus or a $1,000 bonus versus maybe a little bit more scheduling flexibility so they can go to their kids sporting event or, you know, just someone recognizing them for who they are. Like you said, uh, this whole person that has needs outside of work and that my company doesn't own me. Uh, I, I will do my best for my company. I'll help them to be successful. I'll, I, I want to be successful in my career, but that I have a life outside of work and that needs to be honored and respected. And when companies can do that, then I, I think, um, people are much more happy. They're much more likely to stick around. And so what you're talking about with your company is just one way to do that, right? It's one way to acknowledge and to show that you care in a genuine Absolutely. way. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it's been interesting to um, expand upon our initial uh, collaboration, which was essentially a book and activity subscription for children of employees to keep them entertained and engaged while parents were working from home, and how that has uh, bloomed and grown into meaningful gifts for children to say thank you for sharing mommy and daddy with the business. Mm-hmm. Um, we just did a massive take your child to work day, an entirely digital experience, uh, mm-hmm. because we're just not entirely steam based. Sure yeah, steam based experience. We're, we're not sure when we're all going to be back in the same place. And some of these companies are so large that they have headquarters all over the world. And you know, children in India aren't necessarily going to be able to come to Atlanta for take your child to work day. So the fact that in the grand scheme of things, it's a very small drop in the bucket, a, a, really a small financial drop in the bucket to include thousands of participants and to say thank you and to look at them as potentially the future of their business, future employees, future, you know, people who will, even if they don't stay with the company, will walk away and say amazing things about them because they were able to really experience firsthand what it means to be respected and and celebrated. And most of the parents of those kids, frankly. So, oh yeah, 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 absolutely. Definitely the parents. Absolutely. All right. So let's talk a little bit more now specifically about the collaboration piece. Um, That's a lot of how you built and and scaled your business. Uh, And again, as I said, in the introduction, you know, there's different ways we can look about this, look at this. There's, there's um, external collaborations that happen. We need to know how those are working, if they're being effective, if our um, budgets are being spent appropriately. Right. But there's also the internal types of work and collaborations that we have within between units within an organization. Um, so tell us a little bit more about some of your collaborations and how you've measured them to know, <clears throat> excuse me, to know whether or not they're actually successful and, and accomplish what you're hoping. 
honestly, when we're working with a company, we take our team and then we take their team and, and we talk to them and we kind of try to figure out exactly what they're looking for and then talk to them about who on their team would be the best people for that. And then we kind of, we have several meetings, as many meetings as it takes to figure out exactly what we want to get out of that, that specific initiative or yeah, program or, or yeah, what problem we're trying to solve. And then, um, you know, whether that's uh, people from you know, the, the graphic design team, the marketing department, um, the social department, the, um, in this instance, the um, uh, work events uh, um, department, and then figure out what, you know, what, what metric are you trying to get out of this? You know, what, what exactly are you looking for? What, what can we, what would be the ideal, um, I guess, outcome? What is the ideal outcome from this to, to say that this actually did work? Because you don't want to start anything without having a goal. And so we do try to start every single initiative we go into with knowing what their goal is and knowing what our goal is. And hopefully our goal is going to be higher than their goal, you know, because obviously we want to, we want to, we want to meet and exceed their goal. And so normally what that involves is almost always on our part, it's going to be to meet and exceed their expectations. And that's usually on a customer service um, experience with them, but also with the people. We are people, we're, we're people people, I guess. We want each and every person that experiences something with, with us to um, know or rather to feel, feel the experience, um, personally and, uh, to, to have it be something that, um, touches them in some way so that they remember it. And because of that, they remember the company. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Academy courses, micro-credentials, and certificates to upskill and reskill for the future of work. All HCI Academy courses, micro-credentials, and certificates are designed, developed, and delivered by award-winning and internationally renowned scholars, educators, thought leaders, executives, and practitioners. Our courses, micro-credentials, and certificates will help you make your mark on the future of work and make an immediate impact in your organizations. Check out the HCI Academy and our many course offerings and certificates to upskill and reskill for the future of work. Check out our new weekly LinkedIn newsletter, Alchemizing Human Capital, exploring industry trends via original research and interviews with executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We look forward to having you join us. Check out Human Capital Innovations magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free interactive e-magazine with the mission to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We publish issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Take a look at the latest issue and let us know what you think. They, they link those feelings, that emotional sense of warmth and being taken care right. of with the people who have provided the gift. Those goals include um, anything from like our last, our most recent that we're still in the middle of this take your child to work day. How can we include as many people as possible and how can we inspire them to um 
engage and interact with STEAM concepts so that they, we may be helping grow a, a future of tiny technicians, coders, programmers, scientists, engineers. Um, and then also we've worked with people who have a specific company value that they're trying to portray. So that could be anything from um, cooperation, uh, activism, community outreach, um, mm -hmm. and, and um, like acceptance and diversity in the workplace. Um, and a lot of times in uh, situations like that, we utilize the vast selection of really incredible books out there. So, and, and those have ranged from anything from specifically, uh, you know, children's book clubs mm -hmm. that are, you know, we talk about acceptance, we talk about cultural awareness, we talk about communication, and that's specifically for the child. It's a, it's a corporate value-driven experience, but we've also extended that to include um, employee book clubs, employee uh, conversation right. starters, um, all the way up to adults, because we acknowledge that not everyone has a child at home, um, but you can still communicate goals uh, through 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 more empathetically driven experiences not everybody needs a, you know a frisbee or a, a lanyard with your with your company's name on it maybe you you want something that could help them grow or feel something or uh, instigate a conversation that you'd been looking to have for a while it's it's a good way to um really hammer home yeah. what you're trying to accomplish yeah, I guess as far as actually measuring and knowing whether something works or not, we do a lot as far as um, um, surveys, um, but in a very um, friendly, um, timed manner. We get an incredible response with uh, almost every, uh, not even almost every single uh, uh, company we've worked with, we've gotten an incredible response, not only in the recipients, but with the um, uh, positive amount of positive positivity we've gotten from it, but also um, just in the amount of just um, individuals reaching out to say, yeah. this is incredible, please do this again. As far as somebody else running, uh, you know, a different um, thing outside of, you know, obviously outside of Hollow Blue and trying to, to measure it. I mean, honestly, just different metrics. If it's online, you know, going through and making sure uh, or figuring out exactly how many, how many people if they have a hundred people, how many people out of that are, are you know going into it? Um, how many people are taking a survey? What percentage of that? I would say if your goal is ninety-two percent, you've got ninety-six percent. That's a, you know obviously that's a great goal, or you you've met or exceeded your goal. I don't. Um, for us, I, I would definitely say our as of now, our surveys are absolutely meeting meeting our um, meeting our our needs for what we need. I think when it comes to it, when it comes time to find something else or a company to needs something else, we will 100% figure out what that is and, and implement that as well. We also see a lot of very vocal um, public enthusiasm through mm -hmm. a lot of social, social. media. Social. It's a huge metric, honestly. People have, you know, internal communication systems within the company, but also externally, you know, preaching to their friends and followers that I'm so it's proud great for the company an organization that thinks about myself as well as my child. I can't believe I'm so lucky to work for XYZ. And that's all public information that a company can point to and yeah. say, look how happy our people are. It's a, yeah, it's so, a big so thing. So there's user experience, there's employee experience, and there's uh, organizational branding, right? Employee mm -hmm. brand, employer branding. Um, all 100%. of those, I think, are really important. And like you said, you know, a company can pay for social media ads to like try to 
paint the picture that they're a really family friendly um, and people driven, employee driven company that has only so much impact. But when an employee of their own volition <laughs> goes right. out and posts something that's really positive about the company on their mm-hmm. own social media um, you know, channels, that has way, way more impact. And so finding ways to, to encourage and support that, I think is also going to be really important as organizations mm-hmm. try to have a stronger employer brand so they can attract and retain better people. And I also just wanted to mention really quick, just my own personal experience. Maybe it's because I'm at a university. So this is more you know of an academic thing anyways, perhaps, but I love uh, workplace book clubs. Uh, I, I tend to be involved in a lot of them just because mm-hmm. in an academic setting, we tend to do that. But um, it's, you have these different kind of interest groups and focus groups looking at different topics. And sometimes they're research oriented, but a lot of times they're not. They're just uh, whatever, you know, whatever um, particular interest group uh, that is gathering. And I, and I love it. It's, it's a really great way to connect with people, to get to know each other, mm-hmm. build relationships, and to just... To, to know that you have the flexibility to be able to carry those things out on the company's dime, that's, you know, while you're at right. work. It's the permission. It's the yeah. permission that you've been granted to do something for yourself or do something mm-hmm. with your family that they're saying, we encourage you to go out and become a more fulfilled person to spend quality time with people you enjoy so that when you return to work on Monday, you are fulfilled in another way and you don't feel guilty for right. leaving the house. And but connecting yes, is the key there. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's such a great personal antidote because antidote, because it's so true that what you want is for somebody to say, please go do this. Not like, okay, we'll accept, you know, we'll accept that you have to leave before on Friday to go see your kid in their school recital. Like, you know, we encourage you to do things that make you happy. We know that makes employees. 100%. People want to work for a company that appreciates and recognizes their life outside, but also that um, uh, I think accepts them for who they are, whether that's a parent, whether that's, you know, living a different lifestyle than, uh, you know, the average person. Yeah, whatever it is, whatever it is, people want to be who they are both inside and outside of work and be able to be able to be appreciated for that. And it's so it's, I think it's so important in in the, you know, the day that we live in. So yeah, yeah, it's um. Well said, well said. Well, I'm noting the time. I'm going to have to let you both go here in just a minute. Okay. Uh, the time has flown by. But before we wrap things up for today, I just wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, your team, uh, and then give us a final word on the topic for today. Uh, I will take this. Hold on. Uh, you can find us on LinkedIn specifically, the um, hullabaloo slash book slash company, or I guess that's dash, um, for updates on who and where we are. You can find us at hullabaloo book co on Instagram and Facebook. We are at hullabaloo crew on Twitter, but we very rarely use that one. Um, <laughs> and we will be at SHRM chatting with folks um next you know in just a few weeks we're really excited to meet with decision Mm -hmm. makers booth 30 what is it blaine 4963 come see us you know um it's gonna be exciting to really meet with people in person again we're so excited to be able to you know yeah be in you know face to face and um hopefully help people solve some problems where yeah as far as the subject goes collaboration is what we do we we don't take it and run we love to collaborate we want to we want to meet one-on-one we want to figure out what it is and we want it to be a partnership and and figure out exactly you know what what your company needs and and kind of go into it together and figure out something perfect wonderful 
Wonderful. Well, thank you thank both. You, it, it has just been a real pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what the team at Hullabaloo can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Check out my new book, The Future Leader, Creating and Transforming Next-Gen Organizations. Stemming from two decades of professional experience and over 600 in-depth interviews with executives, thought leaders, and scholars from across the globe, The Future Leader will help you explore the ordinary, everyday actions that will help you to prepare to lead in the future of work, to respond to an uncertain future, and to produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership, The Journey of Becoming a Truly Remarkable Leader. Early in my adult life, I learned about an Asian proverb that translates as bluer than indigo. If you think about the color indigo, it is a brilliant, deep, and vibrant blue, what some would call the bluest of blues. To have something that is bluer than indigo is rare and truly remarkable. Contrary to popular myth, there is no one-size-fits-all or cookie-cutter approach to effective leadership. There is no silver bullet, no secret sauce, no go-to model that will solve all of your problems. The truth is, great leaders have all had their unique strengths and flaws, and have all had to discover and then pave their own distinctive path in their life's journey to fulfill their leadership potential. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership will help you discover your own path and explore those ordinary, everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for your individuals, teams, and organizations. alchemy of truly remarkable leadership, ordinary everyday actions that produce extraordinary results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years with increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition. The average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.